Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Higher than the mountains that I face, and it's stronger than the power of the grave. It never runs out on me. Your love 
never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills and our online viewers. We are happy to, that you have joined us today and we hope you enjoy the service. I'm Jody Manastra, the platform assistant today, and I'll be sharing the announcements and special events with you. If you are a first time visitor, please take a welcome packet from the usher as you leave the sanctuary. Join us after service in the social hall for great conversation and fellowship with one another. Our fabulous hospitality team has prepared refreshments and tasty treats for our enjoyment. Yay. <laughs> it's always good. Um, we have a special message from Reverend Kelly. She sends her love and blessings and would like you to know how disappointed she and Howard were that they were unable to attend the Veterans Chili celebration yesterday. They are doing better and will hopefully be back next week. She's heard all about the big surprise. Not sure we all have heard about the big surprise. How great the food and celebration was and how much it was enjoyed by everyone attending. She sends special thanks to Charmaine and the Veterans Peer Support Group, everyone who supported the event in any way, and all those who attended. Thank you all so much. Our Love Flow Direction class, part two, with Carl Schluter, will be presented today at 11.30 a.m. until 12.30 in the social hall and also on Zoom. This session will examine characteristics and symptoms of an inside-out love flow direction. The women's group will host this class in lieu of their monthly meeting. Tomorrow's critical conversations meeting is canceled and we will meet again in two weeks. Our annual Children's Church Thanksgiving food drive runs through this Wednesday, November 15th. As we share our love and blessings, our goal is to provide at least 50 or more families with meals for Thanksgiving. Please continue to bring your donations through this Wednesday and you can to the Dropbox area in the nursery it's upstairs. The men's group will meet Saturday, November 18th at 10 a.m. at Leno's, Leo's Coney Island on 12 Mile and Farmington Road. All men are welcome to come and share breakfast, fellowship, and man talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Our town hall meeting is next Sunday, November 19th at 11.30 in the social hall. The board and Reverend Kelly will bring us an update on our capital campaign, current church status, and future plans. This will also be an opportunity to have your questions addressed, so please come. Our annual Heart of the Holiday, formerly Adopt-A-Family, also begins next Sunday, November 19th, and it runs through Sunday, December 10th. There will be a tree in the lobby outside of the sanctuary with family wishes hanging on the tree. You can pick whatever wish you like, shop for the gift, and bring that gift back to the church wrapped, please, no later than Sunday, December 10th. And today is the last day to sign up for Theater Fun Day on December 3rd. Tickets are $20. So far, 28 people are attending, and we still have the only tickets available until tomorrow, November 13th. The matinee is sold out. All tickets are ordered based on the committed number signed for, and advance payment is appreciated. To pay in advance or sign up to attend, see Lois after service today. Lois, I don't see Lois. There she is, up in the balcony. 
She'll be easy to find downstairs. If you sign up for a ticket and do not pay in advance, you are asked to be accountable and pay for it next Sunday, November 19th, when tickets will be distributed. Only cash or checks, please. You are also invited to a free light lunch and some surprise entertainment in the social hall after service that day prior to leaving for the theater around 1.15 p.m. The theater is located about 12 minutes away from church. It is going to be a fun day. Eileen Lindbergh is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors in the back. Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service to allow Eileen and any of our members a quiet space to pray. To stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that is emailed every Friday. And now, as the music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare for the daily word and our opening prayer and meditation. like to say a little bit about our guest speaker today, Gregory J. Bowens. He is a writer, a prayer chaplain, and a public relations professional. That's not all. He's also in his second year as a student at Unity Urban Ministerial School in their licensed Unity teacher program. Let's give him a hand. Greg was inspired while first serving in the Unity Movement as a prayer chaplain in Renaissance Unity, now located in Royal Oak, Michigan. There he created the book, I Choose Happiness, fan page, oh, fan page first, on Facebook where his messages of hope reached over 200,000 people living in 44 countries. His book, I Choose Happiness, A 30-Day Guide to Living Well, was created to help people decide to live happier lives and learn how to maintain their happiness despite circumstances. Sounds like an awesome book to me. Thank you, sir, for writing that. So today I'd like him to feel our love from Unity of Farmington Hills. Thank you.
Today's daily word, faith, for November 12th, 2023. Faith heals, prospers, blesses, and sustains me. Sometimes I wish I had a way of looking into the future and knowing what to expect. But even though I cannot know how the future might unfold, I can still be prepared for it through the power of my faith. Having faith means I have unwavering fidelity to spiritual truth. My faith is my anchor, keeping me steady during shifting worldly circumstances and focused not on the things of the world, but on the power of the spirit. My faith keeps me steadfast in the midst of uncertainty, inventive when we meet with stagnation and adaptable when faced with changing circumstances. I turn my attention to God and feel my soul illumined by my brief belief that everything is working for good. I align with this truth and go forward blessed by my faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. So let's take a moment here and get comfortable in our seats. And everybody just take a deep breath. And as we take one more deep breath. We relax and let go of the cares and concerns of the world and we focus our attention on God. And as we focus our attention on God, we center ourselves in love and peace. We take this moment and we take this moment and we
as we let love and peace flow through every person in this room. We see ourselves in a circle and we put all those on our heart and mind in the middle of that circle and see them surrounded in love's light. Let's take this feeling of love and peace into the silence. As we bring our awareness back to this room, we give thanks for the love and peace that is flowing throughout our lives right now. We give thanks for this experience of our ability to experience our oneness in God and each other. And we let love move throughout our lives, fixing what seemed to be broken, mending over relationships, opening doors, of new love, new peace, new joy, and new prosperity in every area of our life. We give thanks for the good, seen and unseen, known and unknown, that is unfolding now. And it was with a grateful heart, in the name of Jesus the Christ, we say amen. Statement of being. <clears throat> Statement of being time. Do they repeat after me or do we just read it? Do we read it together? Yes, please. All right. All right, let's read it together, folks. God is all divisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. Our growth affirmation. 
We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world.
before we get started. I, I have to say this. What a beautiful space. Beautiful people. I go to Unity churches all over the place. Windsor. I'm in Ann Arbor every first and fourth Sunday. I've been up in Lansing. I've been everywhere. I go everywhere. <laughs> and one of the things that I find is that our brothers and sisters, wherever they are, whether it's four or 400 or 2,000 people, they generate this community of love and acceptance. It's always beautiful to just be able to walk in to a space that accepts you for who you are, lifts you up, tells you everything is going to be all right. Says it's okay to question. It's okay to hug. It's okay to love. It's okay to forgive when it doesn't even seem to make sense. And so when I think about this, I think about the travels, and I think about unity and practical Christianity, the application of truth principles in our life, the understanding that we are one with God, experience oneness in God with each other. There is no separation. There is no difference. And so I understand that God is love, and I am in love, and love is in me. I am in love. Love is in me. I am in love, and love is in me. And as me, love decides where to go, what to say, how to be every moment of the day. Facts and figures, right and wrong, disguises and despises things like Justice, for justice without love is cruelty's work. Revenge and retribution. But with love, wisdom comes. And we recognize that justice is just us. Me, you, we, see, do, and be forever free, forever free, forever free. to forgive and let go, to heal and grow. I am in love and love is in me. I am in love and love is in thee. And together, we let love decide how to be. You feeling me? And so I need you to repeat after me, God is love. I am in love, and love is in me. I am in love, and love is in me, and love is in you. So let's take a minute and greet these divine expressions of God's love here on this earth. Say hello to your neighbors. Give a little hug. Somebody, meet somebody that you haven't met. All right, I appreciate it. Up there in the balcony, I'm waving at people. Love it, love it, love it. This is what unity is all about. In that moment, when you take the opportunity to meet somebody you, and love on them and let them love on you, you forget about all the things that People want to say separate us, black and white, young and old, Democrat, Republican, rich and poor, all this stuff, all these different ways to divide us. But in that moment, 
when we say, God is love, and I am in love, and love is in me, and love is in thee, we can see each other, see our oneness, experience the gloriousness of just being. We don't have to be afraid of each other. It's interesting. We come up an evolved society that needs to be organized. It's got to have rules. It's got to have ways to get around and build stuff and do stuff, create life. But at the same time, sometimes we forget that these are just things that people make up. Make them up. And so when we recognize our oneness, the beauty of unity is being able to recognize our oneness and go beyond the confines of what the rules dictate. To see the oneness that exists. To set aside geographical boundaries, political boundaries, age boundaries, sexual boundaries, all that stuff. And recognize that I am in you and you are in me. Together we let love decide how to be. November is the month. Today is the 12th. And we understand November in unity as being the month of elimination, the divine power of renunciation. Thaddeus is the disciple that represents the ability to let go. And the color is russet, the color of leaf. November is a man-made creation. In Latin, it means nine, because in the old Roman calendar, there were only 10 months, and November was the ninth month. But we accept it as the 11th month today. It has 30 days in it, right? But ever since 1582, when Pope Gregory XIII, my namesake, <laughs> created the Gregorian calendar that we use today, thousands of years later. And we understand it as the 11th month, even though it means the number nine. It is an artificial creation, a way to mark time. Nothing more. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we give meaning to those days. And so we find ourselves trying to struggle against the concept of time, trying to struggle against the ideas that we have in our mind of things that have happened in the past that we tend to hang on to that are particularly not pleasing, disappointments. We stand in the way of our ability as we continue to grow in our Christ consciousness, develop and grow and show the fruits of the Spirit. We're kinder than we used to be. We're more loving than we used to be. We're more compassionate than we used to be. As you walk this journey that all of us are on, we get the opportunity to be something more than what we were before. I'm not talking about your job. You're bigger than your job. You're bigger than your bank account, your house. I like all that. I like nice stuff. People like nice stuff. You have to rise above The ego desire that comes with wanting 
things over people. It's a social construct. We get it. Race is a social construct. Black, white, Asian, all this stuff. Used to describe people in ways and systems built up around it. Systems of power and control. That's what it's all about. No white people in the Bible. No black people in the Bible. It's people talked about around their culture. But in either case, this idea of time ran across this thing from the most celebrated African-American astrophysicist, pop culture guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? The geek of geeks that makes it fun. <laughs> he writes that time doesn't actually exist. Clocks exist. Time is just an agreed-upon construct. We have taken distance, one rotation of the Earth and one orbit of the sun, divided it up into segments, then given those segments labels. While it has its uses, we have been programmed to live our lives by this construct as if it were real. We have confused our shared construct with something that is tangible and thus have become its slave. You can vote at 18, right? Join the military. It's legal to drink at 21. You can get married. It used to be you get married at 16. Now they change the law. You can't get married until you're 18. It's probably a good thing, right? <laughs> and you must retire at 65 if you're a pilot, 75 if you're a judge. You got your 20 years in. And it marks the time of us growing older. We get to retire. And that's when you get to live the good life and do whatever it is that you want to do. Even though retirement, for many people, most people, doesn't provide enough. But we get sucked into that illusion and that construct of time saying, work hard, do this right now so that you can live a more expansive life later maybe but that's the social contract we know if it's been broken a million times we even understand that pensions unless you got a teacher pension is not guaranteed ask people that used to work at ford back in the day gm chrysler white collar worker blue collar worker that's why they went on strike not enough but these are social constructs that suck us into being slaves to time and programming our lives. But we understand as truth students, as truth seekers, as followers of the way that we can move beyond, like Jesus did, the social constructs to live a more expansive life. And November is the month where we get to practice the power of letting go particularly when it comes to negative thoughts, old experiences that we're hanging on to and reliving again and again and again and again. And so nature reminds us, look outside. The trees, the leaves are falling. The trees are letting go of that which no longer serves it. To make room 
for more good to come into his experience, for the leaves to bloom again, for new life to happen. And so when you see a leaf, let it be a reminder to let go of those things that no longer serve you so that you can experience more of the love, joy, peace, and prosperity that is yours, that you deserve for no other reason than being alive. I am in love and love is in me. God is love. Can't you see where we are supposed to be? So I want you to let go. I want you to turn away from the bad. Focus more on the good. The challenges are real. We know that. But we have the power of denial and affirmations. Deny that this thing, this boss, this job, this bill, this situation has any power over me. And affirm that I am healthy, happy, whole. Affirm that I am processed, affirm that all good is happening for me now, affirm there is peace in my life, affirm there is love in my life, affirm there is joy in my life, affirm that person. It's not hate between us. There's only love between us. Take the next step in the journey. Use the rest of this month to be more than you thought possible. Rise above the petty concerns of the day. I was raised in the Baptist tradition, so I won't take long, as the preachers would say. <laughs> but you might want to get comfortable. <laughs> because the lesson really comes, I haven't got to the lesson, right? <laughs> the re- lesson really comes from John chapters 9 and 10. Jesus was always Telling us this stuff, showing this stuff, telling us how to rise above, move past, let go. He was always walking around and saying, your sins are forgiven. Ticking off. The religious leaders at the time, who are you to forgive? What do you mean their sins are forgiven? Helping them let go of the bad things, the negative things, the poverty mindset the conditions that were holding them back. And so in John chapter 9, this is where Jesus goes, and he's running around, and he's doing his thing, and he comes across this guy who is blind, sitting by the well, not by the well, sitting by the pool, sitting by the pool, and he can't see, and he's begging for money. This guy was born blind. And his disciples said, well, what did he do? What was his sin? Because they equated like some people do, thoughts become things, right? If a bad thing happens, you think it happened because you must have thought it up. That's not true. <laughs> but we do know that energy has power. So anyway, the whole point being, he says, neither is man nor his parents sin, but this happens so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. He was set up as an example Somebody they've seen begging for money, blind, poor guy. Give him a couple coins and keep it moving. And Jesus said he is the doorway. This challenge is the doorway to open up 
so that other people can experience more life, get a glimmer of hope in their own lives by seeing the miracle of this guy who was blind. Maybe it can happen to me. If that can happen, if somebody who I know was blind, I saw him every day, is not blind anymore, then what does that mean for me? What kind of miracle can I have in my life? So he healed the guy, and the guy got up and went around and went to his parents and told everybody. They were like, oh, my God, he could see. And they took him to the Pharisees. The religious leaders at the time said, you lying. He was never blind. <laughs> what are you talking about? He can, you can see now. I don't believe you. They went and got his parents, and they said, no, that's Joey. Joey was blind. <laughs> they said, you're lying. <laughs> and they kicked the poor guy out of the synagogue. You are out, out of here. Now, that was the center of religious life. That's where you got food. That's where you got shelter. That's where things happen. Jesus ran across the guy again and said, what happened? He said, he threw me out. He said, I don't care. I believe. I still believe. I know. It's true. And so the Pharisees caught up with Jesus and they said, well, who do you think you are? And some of the Pharisees with him heard him say, what? Are we blind too? Because Jesus said, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who will see will become blind. And he answered them and he said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Now, I know, look, there are some of our brothers and sisters out there who accept the Bible as the literal truth. History written down, even though it was developed over 2,000 years, even though the earliest writings happened in the New Testament almost 100 years after Jesus' death, even though we know that the Romans came together eventually and decided to codify all these stories that were floating around out there about Jesus and these healings and all this stuff and Paul and who are these guys, and they decided what books of the Bible to include. You want to freak some people out? Tell them there are different versions of the Bible that exist. Tell them that the Eastern Orthodox version of the Bible that exists doesn't include revelations. Tell them that every year the Bible gets updated. Tell them that the Bible that their grandmother, their great-grandmother read has some different meanings in some of the words as we have grown to understand better understand ancient languages and cultures and tweet those definitions. So some people freak out on it. I don't freak out on it. I'm like, hey, it's okay. It is a pathway to our understanding, and Charles Fillmore and the Unity Movement came together to understand it even more as a pathway to understanding our spiritual consciousness, our own development, our own unfoldment, the way that we can answer the big questions of life and the universe. And so it's not just allegorical in many, in many respects, although they do exist, the flood, washing away the people. It's translated into washing away the bad in our life, the bad thoughts that we've thought, starting over, 
which is a small crew, and being fruitful and multiplying as we continue to grow. Yes, there are lots of allegories. The flood story exists in many traditions. We also understand that there are metaphysical meanings behind what's going on, the stuff behind the stuff. And so the idea of Jesus, we know, is the idea of people and their full potential. That's what Jesus represents, the ideal potential as seen by God, what we're supposed to grow into and be. Blindness, you get it, represents being blind to the truth, being closed off. Opening your eyes. Every time Jesus opens somebody's eyes, it's a metaphysical interpretation of people being able to understand and grow spiritually. And so it's a roadmap for us. And that's what's happening here. The Pharisees in this story are those thoughts that don't want to give up, particularly the religious ones the religious traditions that we grew up in. There's a guy, his name is Father Richard Rohr. He's amazing. He's a Catholic Jesuit priest that was trained right here in Detroit. He has a place down in Albuquerque, New Mexico called the Peace and Conflict Center. It's a place where rock stars and rich people go to live in an adobe with a dirty floor to get close to God. But this guy is a mystic. He's amazing. I've met him. I'm surprised he hasn't been excommunicated, thrown out of the Catholic Church, because he says there's no, there's no hell, there's none of that stuff. But he says, and I've heard this in, expressed in other ways before, that the things that served us when we were younger are like training wheels on a bike and learning how to ride a bike. Those guardrails, those rules that exist Help us to get along, to not do bad. But they don't define our relationship with God for the rest of our lives. That at some point we have to throw off the guardrails, kick off those little, what do you call them? Training wheels. And take responsibility for our spiritual growth, our oneness in God, and see it for what it is. And that means extending the idea of love and oneness to each other. I am in love. Love is in me. I am in love. Love is in thee. We have to continue to recognize on this journey that working together Only by working together, we decide how to let love be. And so I want you to see a leaf. And when you are faced with that challenging situation, when that spouse, that niece, that cousin, that friend, that whoever is getting on your last nerve and you feel that tightening in your stomach because you're remembering how they treat you, or the injustice, the slight of the situation. Do like the tree and let it go. Let those worries fall away and replace them with faith. Affirm in those challenging situations that 
There's only love between us. And I forgive and let go. Affirm those financial situations. There is only prosperity in my life. It's coming from all directions. And let that go. I'm not saying forget about it. (laughs) But I am saying November teaches us to have power and dominion over those things. And so as you leave today, my good friend John has meticulously scoured the yard out here for the right and perfect leaf for you. And when you leave, just like you reached into the joy bag to get your message from the universe, I want you to reach into the leaf bag and take a leaf with you to remind you to let go. Put it on the fridge. Keep it in your car. Put it somewhere so that it can pointedly remind you. You're going to see a bunch of leaves. You're going to start paying attention to leaves. When I started talking about leaves last week, my wife came up and she said, my mother and I were walking up the stairs and mom stopped and she kicked all the leaves in the flower bed next to the stairs. I was like, Ann? She was like, Ann, don't you think it's time to get out there and blow them leaves? (laughs) And the leaves in the backyard fell everywhere. I started thinking about leaves, and they showed up. And so as opposed to getting mad about it, it was something I needed to let go, right? Because, you know, I put it out there, and I'm like, this is a good allegory, and The universe said, yes, it is. (laughs) It gave me time to think while I was out there harnessing the power of the wind. (laughs) To blow those leaves away. And so I want you to remember that. Think about that, too. But get your leaf on the way out the door. Let it go. Let those thoughts go and replace them with love. Lean into faith. It's all just a social construct. The leaf is the key to unlocking the door to traveling through time and erasing that which no longer serves you. I'm so grateful to be here with you today. I thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's it. Please give him one more round of applause, Greg Mullins. Thank you, sir.
truth and 
So who is ready to do this special offertory celebration again? <laughs> okay, everyone, this is that special thing we did last week that I love, and we're going to start doing it again. So you have to be alert because you need to also respond. Ready? Thank you, God, for these gifts of love coming from hearts of love to bless this ministry of love. Please repeat after me. Thank you, God, for your ever-increasing flow of absolute good into our lives now. Well done. All right, let's do our divine love through me prayer. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Would you like to come up, or do you want me to continue, sir, for the prayer for protection? All right. We'll do the prayer for protection, everyone. Everyone, why don't we all stand up and increase our energy? It's coming. There we go. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Yay, God. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.